Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. Episode 9! Yeah! Yeah! Episode 9. Tonight is a very special episode. It's our Valentine's special. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. be talking about uh, two gems from Jeremy Gardner, written, directed, and starring um, After Midnight and The Battery. The triple threat in horror indie films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I didn't know what to expect when when we pulled an audible on what you know we said we were going to do for this week and and switched over to these two movies and first yeah. thing I noticed is okay, these are this is an indie movie, okay. Uh, which, you know, I'm never like against it, but you know, you, your mindset switches <laughs> right away as soon as you see the camera quality the, or the video quality and the sound quality. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just loved both movies. So, so, you know, like a 24 style, right? Like, although, although these yeah. weren't, these weren't necessarily art house, but they definitely had, you know, that indie feel. Yeah. It, it was shot in that kind of way because it's such a limited cast of characters. There's more time to focus on dialogue and the setting, the the environment that they're in is often like a, another character in the films. And as far as quality, it, it is very akin to something like an A24 where there's other, it's not just straight, here's a story uh, with um, that does, you can't really dig into. These ones, you can really chew on a lot of what is going on in the, whether it's the relationships of the characters or just the plot and what's occurring and pick it apart and rethink it and it sits with you absolutely we, you know we talk a lot about um movies not taking enough time developing characters so you have no attachment to them when they die and, yeah. and that's a thing about stakes right if the stakes are high you know you're invested and there's going to be that emotional response which which should be what you know films in general are trying to do especially in the horror genre elicit some sort of emotional response generally fear mm-hmm. but also anger and anxiety um this both of these movies do this so well um like yeah. you know i was hanging on every word um getting to know these characters <laughs> uh the two main characters from both films uh, yeah. definitely yeah, um, I'm interested in uh, Jeremy's uh, origin story and where he, like, kind of how he evolved into being the filmmaker and actor that he is. Because um, it seems like it's with the group that he's got that it might have been people that he was in school with or whether it's college or a grad program, something like that related to film and directing and how it just kind of blew in or grew into what it did or what it is now. Um, I'd love to find that out i haven't done any research uh yet but we'll time will tell so let's um i guess just begin focusing on one of the movie then we'll go to the other and obviously this conversation is going to go into all the plot details so that we can really dig into what's occurring with the characters like most of our films uh reviews do or conversations um it's just going to be formatted that way so that we can really have as much fun as possible with our conversation and the viewers too so if you haven't seen them you should be seeing these before you're watching our little uh stream here so uh, and we're going to start with the battery, yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. So um, let's recall the opening of the battery. 
how does it open up? I can't recall. Is this the one that will just open up with the two of them? Oh, yes, the porch. Yes, so, the, the porch. <laughs> the porch. So a lot of the things that this and Midnight, but this this one as well, there's so many scenes that are just set where there's just um, more or less a tripod and the frame is set and the characters are just doing something within the frame and it's never going to move. They're just going to do their thing. The action's taking place and then uh, they might exit off frame. So this film opens with just one of the characters um, played by Adam Kronheim. He plays character's name is Mickey. Uh, the other character played by Jeremy is Ben. So Mickey's just out on the porch and he's got his headphones on, which is another element in this film, music. And in both of these films, music yeah. is a huge component. Yeah, and, and the soundtracks to both films are excellent. Um, mm -hmm. Not only are the songs perfectly picked for the scene and the, the way um, Jeremy uses the music is that the music kind of only ever happens when it occurs naturally in like the scene as well. So yeah. you've got headphones on. When the headphones are on, the music is loud. When he takes the headphones off, it's now muffled, and it's kind of like background mm -hmm. noise. Same thing in After Midnight. Uh, a song comes on, and then a, a ca the camera's going to pan through the room, and you're going to see that the record is spinning. So like they're actually listening to the song in the movie at this time. Uh, yeah, it's really woven in. Yeah, really excellently done. Um, okay, continue. Well, yeah, so it's, I just, it's, you know right away with like how it's going to be incorporating it and it gets you keyed up to sort of watch this almost as like a music video in parts, which it does turn into in different aspects. Uh, but it's going to be, have an important part. And so like listening to either just the style or the lyrics in there, there is a lot of correlation with what's occurring on screen to dig into with that. So it just starts with Mickey is on uh, the porch steps of a house. The door is open and he's just kind of looking around. I think he's changing his CD because the music stops and he changes the batteries out. Uh, so you see baggies, uh, a baggie of batteries. So you're starting to put together that this kind of environment's going on because it's a little bit odd. And then um, he stirs and he goes into the door to approach the front door. You hear um, Ben shouting out, run, run. And he just gets out and you, he turns back and he shoots a gun as they're exiting out and they just they run away, and so then proceed on to the uh, to the uh, starting credits. I think after that, yep. so you know right away um, there's something uh, disturbing or unsettling or and a different kind of um, backpacking adventures occurring. It's not just a normal setting that they're in, you know. Right, right, and yeah, and I love the concept of. Um always being on the move and they're they're back they are backpacking um through the apocalypse um through this film which is which is also very good and how mickey is always trying to stay and achieve some kind of normalcy and for whatever reason ben understands that that is not how they're going to survive um and you know he seems a little bit more put together a little bit more agreeable to the lifestyle yeah accepting of the circumstances and that's the thing that's interesting for myself i identify i'd like to think that i'm both of these guys do you identify with one more than the other if you yeah. were in this environment i i feel like ben you know maybe just because uh of the beard uh 
or or maybe because you know i did i there were times where i was like mickey just shut the fuck up yeah like like you're going to get you you're both killed like Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe i'm just more of a realist in and maybe mickey's more of an idealist which is why i i I took the bet a little bit a little bit more well and so yeah and i agree with that and i think that there's so many layers with the way that he made this film because the fact that they're both ball players on the same right. team, that Mickey is a pitcher and Ben's a catcher. Uh, Ben's a regular, but Mickey being a pitcher, he's not in every game. He's going to pitch from time to time and rotation and everything like that. Sure. Whether he, maybe he's just a closer. He might not even play that much. He might right. play one and a half innings at most. Uh, there's a different dynamic because of their rules in the baseball team. And it kind of, translates to how they are outside of the game uh, but it's the one bond and the only reason that they're really together is just because they're on that team together they happen to be in the same spot and now they're just living this post-apocalyptic world uh which is filled with zombies we come to find out and they right. start up pretty quickly because they're just like you said they're backpacking surviving um a lot of their interactions though because of what you mentioned as far as ben being the realist and mickey being uh, having a hard time letting go and is attached to all the prior relationships. And you see that throughout the movie. It progresses where he's holding on to and searching for remnants of the past and wanting stability and home and a place and wants others with him. He doesn't want to be alone. He hates it. And he they have arguments the whole time yeah. of how they're going to navigate this. Right. Their first, uh, their first real destination in the film is uh, Mickey's ex-girlfriend, like a yes. girl he used to date from who knows how long ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they go to her house and obviously she's not there. They don't find a body or anything, but, right. you know, they have to just assume the worst and move on, which, you know, Mickey, of course, doesn't want to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, but he takes a souvenir. <laughs> yeah, which it's like, I can identify it. Like, I would imagine, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> three like months. the longing. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's three uh, months into the apocalypse, right? So three months you've been traveling with one other dude. And, you know, who knows how long it's been since you've seen another person mm-hmm. that wasn't that, well, you know, that wasn't a zombie. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's what's good about the way in both these films and in this one, there's that scene where there's like this, like uh, realism about the situation or the human quality of the characters. And so for me, the scene with Mickey, when Ben's out, I think he's having a wash in the in the creek nearby where they're at, where the car is parked. When Mickey's alone and he's awoken by the uh, the younger uh, teenage or early twenties chick zombie, and she's pushing herself against the window. Oh yeah, yeah, and he just like whips he just it needs out. Release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, you, you kind of get it, but like you're also offended and like kind of like oh my god, really? Yeah. Like it's. It definitely makes no you one's feel ever some, done that. Yeah, it makes you it makes you feel some things, right? Like yeah, like they you know they got a good looking actress, right? A well endowed, mm-hmm. a well endowed good looking <laughs> right. actress for this scene to just like press herself up against this window, mm-hmm. and the zombies in this world are like the slowest of the slow. They're straight up like Romero yes, it's, zombies. It's Romero like they have zombies, yeah. they have no. No Dawn of cool. the Dead, Romero zombies. Zombies yeah, putting yeah. their putting their arms in the blood pressure machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so he's like, you know, fuck it, I got time. 
Yeah, thinking he's alone. And it ends yeah. so perfectly oh, yeah. with Ben <laughs> taking out the zombie and seeing what the fuck he was just doing and, he and just, just laughing, laughing his ass off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, just finish up and he goes back into the woods. Yeah, I'll be right back. He's like, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> it's awesome. So it's yeah. like so insane of an idea, but it's, it's I mean, they handled it so realistically. I think that's what's so great. Everything about the way that he's written this movie is so natural. It doesn't that, feel like acting or a weird character that you can't relate to. Everything is relatable. That's another and point. Understandable. Yeah, that's exactly a point that I wanted to make about this movie and After Midnight is that they both feel so natural. They they are literally like you're watching what normal people would do in all of these situations in both films. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. It just, it just, it all makes so much sense. Um, so, so let's try to like kind of redirect. And so, uh, Mickey and Ben, they're on the road. They go up to it, like you said, as uh, Mickey's ex girlfriend. They get uh, some camping materials. They've already found a car, and they've got this car in the station wagon now. Yeah, they get they some get, supplies from there. They get the and Ben's uh, just walkies. Yes, they get the walkies from there. Uh, and that becomes extremely relevant as they get to the next beat. Um, eventually, they make their way to um, a cabin in the woods. Another point here, Mickey has never killed one of these zombies in this in this film. Ben has done it all. Ben has kept track in a notebook. He's got a little scorecard marking the hashes. And he's yep. done like 50 of them. Yeah. And Mickey has done zero. So there's some animosity brewing where he's like, he knows his best friend has to fucking deal with this at some point, and he's just not right now. And he's he's has this weight where he's got to be the more serious one. They have an argument and a fight later on about the headphones all the time. Like, dude, you're always in those things. It's going to get you or us killed. It becomes a problem. All this comes to a head um, as they get to a cabin in the woods, uh, and Mickey's very frustrated. He wants to spend the night. And so that's when things start to really progress more because a few things happen um when you get into like what occurs in that cabin they get there um and take us through the next uh beats in this cabin there's a few things that happen okay right so first thing is we we see some backbone from mickey for the first time where he stands up to ben and he says mm -hmm. i'm not going we are staying here i'm sleeping in a bed and he like screams it at him so yeah. so and, and you know ben is taken aback and like oh okay so so there is a man in there because he he does right. he does kind of feel like like you know uh mickey's a giant pussy because he won't kill a zombie and and that's going to be bad for their survival right yeah so he kind of he's like okay we'll yeah. stay because he he sees it he acknowledges it this is a good thing he's coming out and he's being firm Right. He knows that he needs to nurture that part of him, so he goes along. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so um, this uh, kind of music video moment, we get the uh, the Ben drinking alone. Uh, Love this moment. Yeah, the song was great. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I've actually I actually have heard the song before. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he's just drinking a bottle and dancing to himself, and because um, he has the headphones now. Cause he has because he headphones. Because he said, if we're fucking staying here, um, I get these the, are mine. The yeah, right. You're not going to get us killed. I'm taking right. it easy. You can be on watch. Right. Um, to which, I guess, you know, in, in Ben's, uh, you know, drunken great idea, 
uh, he decides to to go catch a zombie and tie it to a tree. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's one of those great cuts that happens a couple times in this film because he's having the music video. You're like elated because you're like having fun rocking out with them. You have to take a little reprieve. And then it cuts short. He takes them off because he hears a noise and he's freaked out for a second. Right. And he goes out and he, he decides this is an opportunity. He finds a zombie. Yeah. And he wants to capture it. <laughs> so he captures it and he waits till morning. And uh, he unties it and he puts it in a like a arm bar behind its back and pushes it into the cabin. Mickey's asleep. <laughs> uh, he set yeah he set the bat next to him before he went out there to get right, the zombie. Right, he put the bat so... right next to him in the bed. <laughs> he you know Mickey wakes up as he's as he's dragging it into the thing and Mickey goes. Ben, what are you doing? He throws it in there, yeah. and he goes, "Oh my God, it's a zombie!" No, no, and uh, and he just and sh- he shuts just... the door. Yeah, you can do it, Mickey. You can do it. Come on, Mickey. You got to do it. You can do it. And he's just encouraging him, like a father figure. Yeah, and you hear the bat just bashing away, yeah. like gratuitously bashing, like mm-hmm. like Mickey is definitely not in control he's definitely lost it a little bit um at this in this moment and uh, and yeah when the door opens uh every there's blood everywhere like he Mm -hmm. he did he just couldn't stop himself you can tell right away and uh and he definitely breaks down yeah yeah he's like uh almost catatonic like he's just he's just in a stupor he walks out it's raining he's still naked he's got his boxers on and he's just doesn't he's beside himself because he hasn't had to deal with uh he's still holding on to reality for whatever reason he didn't want to cross this line and his best friend or his only friend just made him do it and he and (laughs) woke him up with it it's just uh haunting and yeah he's processing it he's having a hard time yeah i think he breaks down crying at the end of the scene too right or yeah, does... yeah. When he walks out, I'm pretty sure he's crying. Yeah, like he's like, yeah, like, like, uncontrollably for a moment. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but Ben think... realizes, you know, what he did, but he thinks, he, you know, it had to happen. He had right. to do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, it kind of wraps up with Ben like tossing it off with like a sideways joke, and it's like, come on, let's let's get you cleaned up, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of walk off. Uh, so it's around this time, and I think it happened right before they um, they went to bed. Or whatever. Maybe it doesn't happen until after, but after this whole uh, case of events, the walkie-talkies become relevant because they are just pleading, seeing if anyone's there. Or no, they're testing the walkie. And right. they come across, after they're testing them, oh, these things have good range. They hear other characters. Yes. So there's, there's other survivors. Uh, an Annie and a Frank talking mm-hmm. about picking stuff up from somewhere, going on a supply run. Um, the orchard. The orchard, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They're gonna watch a movie. Yeah. And Mickey is he. It plants a seed where he is now sees hope, and he cannot let it go. He can't let it go, and I love that the movie was Tremors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. And and yeah, even like they, they're, they're like they're like fucking Tremors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, and the guys like guys like yeah, yeah the worm movie with kevin bacon and they come back i know what tremors is like they actually they have this very casual real this once again the dialogue the dialogue was so good so real in both movies Mm -hmm. um you know the very funny moment (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the, there's a lot of moments like that throughout it where that keeps it light. There's a like whether it's comic relief or just human interactions that are just fun and enjoyable and relatable. And that that's a, that was a good one for sure. Yeah. So, um, so they tell Mickey those characters. Right? Yeah. They tell Mickey to drop it that they're not welcome, and yep. and to get off the radio to pick another channel. Yep. Uh, to which oh to which Frank says and this is this is probably why Mickey. Uh, does what he does. Frank says, uh, "Annie, do not talk to these boys." Yeah. So, so right there, Frank is saying that Annie is a, is potentially a weak link. So mm-hmm. you'll see as we move forward, every chance Mickey gets, he hops on the mic and he's like, "Yeah, he's pleading." Hey, Annie, Annie, help us, Annie, please. Yeah. Uh, talk, and just they talk have to that me. conversation, like... yeah, because he's they're they're sitting, they're eating outside the back of the wagon, and he's doing. It. He's like, Annie, please, please, and you hear him like trembling in his voice as if that's going to convince her. Yeah. Um, and she's like, No, I can't talk to you. It's not going to happen. Just drop it. And I think yeah. that that that's the end of the radio contact that they have. Yeah. But at that scene, um, this is where Ben just lays it out like, and this was another great writing, like, because I found myself doing the same thing. Like as soon as you hear Annie. You're picturing someone. Oh, yeah. And and Ben starts to say to him, he's like, see, what you picture is this young, attractive pixie with a scar that's just in the right spot that you're attractive but, it's like, serious. Uh, like, kind of a badass but hot. And um, But he's like, but what I'm picturing is a fucking 40-year-old lesbian bull dyke soccer mom type yeah. thing. That, like, yeah, right. Trucker. <laughs> yeah. Because that's who survives. The, you know, right, the sh- and that's the, the one shit. going on a run. Yeah, the, yeah. Right. <laughs> and like, and like, Mickey kind of realizes, like, yeah, you, like it is a fantasy that I'm thinking of, and it kind of wakes him up. But like, it's it's a hilarious way to just like ground the interaction that you might be having yourself to just remind yourself, like, wait a second, this environment that we're in, it it's not just inherently going to be a good person that is going to be someone you're going to want to be around. Like they plant right. that seed right away. It's not just you don't just trust because it sounds like a, a young female uh, for whatever right. reason. So, right. Well, we know we also know that Mickey is like doesn't have control of his like sexual desires, right? Like between right. The, between the panty raid of the ex girlfriend and the the whacking it to an actual zombie, like <laughs> yeah. like he like he needs it it's something ben mm-hmm. ben obviously has complete control over his libido whereas mickey yeah. is like it's like it's a, it's a woman i gotta i gotta see yeah yeah i mean it's it's an interesting point like his uncontrollable need for and you know he's expressing it through sexual type desires but it's really you know it's just one way to express the connection or longing for more intimate human contact Sure. It's just how we can visualize it in a way. So, um, okay, so that's pretty much the stage of set. Now, if they they have to keep progressing, they get right. on the road. Um, what other beats occur before they get to that car? Or is before that they get much to the car, just... I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's it. Like I said, these conversations it happens right are there. Gonna, they're going to be tough because this is a these movies are full of dialogue and not a lot of action beats, which is totally fine and absolutely worked. For, well, and the for... great thing with this, what what is sprinkled between, which we've already mentioned, is the music. There's a lot of interludes where there's just soundtrack is playing, 
and you see them living life. Like they have these ups and downs where the relationship is strained, but then you get the healing process where you see them reconnecting through the sport of baseball, finding the apple orchard, uh, which I didn't even think about. They are at that one apple orchard and that is the proximity to the characters that are probably going to come up. But, but they go through that. They are just playing with the ball. They're eating. They heal during the whole film, all these different moments that seems to strain them. They still reconnect through the sport and through surviving, uh, surviving with one another. And you get to have the music. So you're, you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're lulled in through the movie. It's not as if it's slower dumb or no, boring it's, that, it's just that. it's just not a lot of action beats are occurring it's minimal yeah yeah and i mean it's not a long movie it's an hour 40 but it was still you know it still didn't feel long um and uh after midnight i think was in the 80s it was like 87 minutes and and yeah. also like honestly it didn't feel that short like but but it right. didn't uh, but i was never bored yeah so um yeah, things don't really. It must have been after that orchard scene where they eventually are in the car and they come to a uh, car that's uh, yep, in the road. On the, yep, stopped on the road. Yep. They need to fuel up. They're going to start uh, siphoning the gas out of that tank. Uh, and Mickey feels the hood. It's warm. Their alarms are up. And yep. now there's the first conflict with another human survivor. Yeah. So this so... guy's got a knife at Mickey's throat. Yep, and he's like, he's like, give me the keys, and uh, what's his this name? This is Jerry. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, and Ben's, uh, Ben's, uh, the little fast one he pulls here had me fooled too. Like I, I didn't yeah. even know. He yeah, was, yeah, like he, like Ben, Ben's character, quick on his feet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's like he's built for this world, you know. He yeah. knows. Yeah, he's yeah, guarded. He, he's protecting it. Yeah, yeah, he totally had it. Um. So, so he talks Jerry into the car, who's got a knife at Mickey's throat. He talks Jerry into the car, selling him the keys are in there. Go ahead, take the car. Yeah. He puts the gun down, get the keys. Jerry lets uh, Mickey go. He gets in the car, and he's, you fucking asshole. They're yeah, not there. He pulls, he pulls not the there. keys out. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm not going to give you the keys, Jerry. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we Jer- need them. Jerry runs off, and uh, and Ben just shoots him, kills him. Which, yeah. which, to which uh, Mickey, you know, has a little freak out because that was a real person. Yeah. Um, important before the next beat, um, Jerry reveals that he's on the run mm-hmm. from, uh, I think, from the orchard. Does he say the orchard? Or Mickey's trying to find... can't recall if he actually identifies it. Mickey's he trying to find out leaving. where he's running. Yeah, Mickey's trying to find out the where car, he's running from. The car that he has was owed to him. Right, it was owed to him, and he was he was supposed to drive to Arizona, I think. Yeah. Um, but they weren't. They didn't give it to him, so he just took it and and, and ran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kept promising it, and they weren't um, delivering, and so he just yeah he just left with it, right. absconded with it. <laughs> right. So, a truck pulls up. And they're both on edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Mickey's Mickey is just like you killed a, da- a guy. Like, what the fuck? Right. Um. Out of the car comes a woman and a, a a bigger dude with a with a rifle or a shotgun, mm-hmm. and and obviously Ben has his gun out, and the woman uh, talks. They want to be cool. They're like, yeah, yeah they're let's, like, be cool. let's be we're cool. Friends? We're friends. We're friends. We're, we're friends. Like cool. I just, this is my car. We're just gonna yep. take it. 
Yeah, uh, my did, car. Did you, you see did who you was see driving? Yeah. <laughs> did he tell you anything? What did he tell you? Yeah. <laughs> did he say oh, anything? Yeah, he plays the ghost. He's like, no, he was a uh, bit. And, he was, uh, was bit. We shot him out in that field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben, once oh, again. And, and I repeat why he got the car. He just like that. The car was uh, was owed to him. And he, yeah. Yeah. And so, they're like, yep, that's not exactly true. <laughs> so she gets into the car after putting gas in it. And we assume that the other guy is, is in the truck. And uh, and Mickey just can't help himself, and he goes, "No." He goes, "Annie," <laughs> and she yeah. shoots Ben in the leg immediately, and yeah. and then they have another conversation, um, before you know just leaving them there to die, right? Yeah, yeah. She warned him. She reiterates that, like, "What are you doing? You know you can't." Like, and she gets the keys. She tosses. She, she, she tosses makes sure them. they see. They're like, "Watch." Don't. Tosses them. Do not follow. You will. We will kill you. Like, yeah, you're not welcome. That's the orchard isn't no. what you think it is. Do not come here. Yeah, she felt her hand was forced because she can't be compromised, and she doesn't want anything to occur with them. She knows her role in the orchard. Nothing like that can happen, and so she does what she can by hobbling uh, Ben and getting the fuck out of there with the uh, with the car. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of the the last conversation he had with. Uh, he had with Annie where he reveals that like, she's like, "What about your friend?" He's like, "He's like, oh, we don't really know each other." And blah, blah, blah. she's like, "I didn't get on here to gab like fucking schoolgirls." <laughs> just like, just like disconnect. <laughs> like, yeah, if she could, yeah. she could have hung up on him. She did, right? <laughs> um. So uh, this is our final act now. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely there. Um, they. They they re- retrofitted the this Volvo so they could sleep in it, um, mm-hmm. so they're sleeping in it when they hear a noise, they turn on the lights, the headlights. Yeah, they don't have the flashlights with them yeah. or that they can't find it because it's in the dark. They hear something, pop the headlights, and the whole road and field in front of them that you can see with the headlights is just filled with dozens of, of zombies. zombies. And it, that almost immediately cuts to daylight. And the car is just surrounded. Every inch of window is a zombie head and, and arms and hands just banging mm-hmm. on the windows. You know, Ben, the look on Ben's face is like, fuck. <laughs> and and Mickey's mm-hmm. obviously losing his mind because he cannot handle stress, right? Yeah. And, of course, Ben's got the wounded leg, too, so we've got to worry about that. Uh, the conversation yeah. of how, <laughs> how much water you know do we need to drink every day yeah and then mickey's like i don't know so ben shows him a bottle a bottle and a half and goes well how long will this last <laughs> right <laughs> um, yeah so they're starting to ration um the the chicken water that's in yeah. their canned chicken and, and, and the, pe- the peas and the water peas. <laughs> and they're yeah before, they're keeping that be, in the, <laughs> the before they have bottle. to start drinking their pee yeah, yeah before they start drinking their piss and just the reality of the situation starts sitting in and they start coming to terms with like, we're not going to get out of here. We are hoping that they're going to walk away or get bored because they talk about the first place that they were held up in at right. the beginning uh, before we see them, that they were trapped somewhere with surrounded by the, uh, by the undead and how they got out of there. Like this was a similar situation. They kind of float that. Can we, you think we can do what we did back there? And like right away, like they shoot it down. Like, nah, that can't happen. That that was different. That was like a second story or something. We had more room right. to work with. It can't happen here. Where right? this is just a car. <laughs> yeah, 
so eventually, a few days in, they uh, they get the bright yeah, idea. Yeah, it's hard to tell exactly how long, but it seems like it's a day or two, a couple of days. Yeah. They get the bright idea to have Mickey go out, grab the keys, and get back in to the car. Mm-hmm. And and he can. they think he can do it. They they think it's a good idea before they get weaker or have less water. Um, yeah. And so the, the, their final moment, they, they decide, well, let's just get drunk. So they get drunk. They kind of are reveling in just, like, having each other in this awful environment. And they're just, like, they're just having fun getting yep. shit-faced with one another because uh, that's what they've done a million times before already. And uh, that's, like, all that they have. <laughs> so they do that. And then they come up with this plan the next morning. And so, so yeah, Mickey uh, heads out through the, the winding sunroof. Yep. I definitely I definitely was in a car that had one of those. It's oh, yeah. funny. And uh, and he disappears. And this is where it's like they just sit with a long shot on Ben when time is just passing. It's not like they just jump to see what hap- what Mickey is doing. You're just in there with him because it's, it's all unknown. And I right. love that because he utilizes this kind of a setting a lot where there's events that are occurring somewhere else and you're just left with your thoughts about how that's all transpiring. You don't get to see it. You oh, just yeah. get to have the anxiety and the emotion while it's occurring, just like the character would. Yeah, it's all you, you, yeah, all you get is like sound effects, uh, and and not even a lot of them, and Ben just yeah. kind of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a, a minute or two, uh, Ben winds the the sunroof up and and yeah, here's Mickey, Mickey comes climbing through. to the roof, and, and pretty quickly, he yeah. uh, you find out that he's uh, he's bit. Yeah, he's bit, and he he starts to freak out, and he starts to cry, and Ben just pulls out his pistol and to barely even hesitates. Yeah, he just, it was so quick. It, he's he mad just, at him. Like, what did you do? What are you doing? Why are you in here? You can't be in here. You got to get out of here. Why? Yeah. Why didn't you stay out there? You got bit. Why yeah. didn't you stay out there? Why'd you come yeah. back in here? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Because like, he knows what's going to have to happen, and now he has to do it. And he, yeah, he doesn't hesitate. Yeah, he doesn't hesitate. Well, he's, he's also pissed because he's got to do it when he could have just yeah. left, stayed out there and not made him kill him, you know. Right, yeah. And there's Which... nothing to be, like, there's nothing else to do. He's realistic about all of it, and so he just handles it. Yeah. He hates it, but he just handles it. He just fucking blows him away so That's quickly. Things. Yeah, so then... um Right then we go a few more days maybe he's definitely drinking yeah, he's... This, he's definitely drinking this piss now because we got this we got a yellow liquid jug mm-hmm. yeah and, his leg's uh, been kind of uh you know a tourniquet uh, made that he did and he's just limping through and just figuring it out but he's like slowly going a little crazy and realizing what's happening um, he gets on the the mic the with, walkie uh, the walkie with uh, Annie one more time right. Right, yeah, he's he's gonna do his final his yeah, little he... final monologue is occurring, and he's talking about what happened at that first house, and right. just encapsulating all the things that had to happen, and like it seems so difficult, but all you had to do is just to open this, and he doesn't know if he's gonna make it, but if he does, he's coming for her. Right, right. And uh, and so he does it. He does what they did at that first house, and that's what that's what you see. You see him hobbling away, uh, you know, thirty, forty feet ahead of a mass of zombies following him slower yeah. than he can hobble, 
Uh, he's right. got his jug of piss, and uh, he's he looks he's really fucking and... he, he looks really mad, yeah. and uh, cut to credits. <laughs> yeah, determined. Determined, yes, <laughs> determined yeah. to kill Annie for what she did. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was it's just great, great to watch. Just everything just, about yeah. it was it was so new and unique with the way that they handled the genre of a zombie movie oh, you know yeah. you don't see films like this made uh, especially whenever it's a zombie type movie zombie movies are usually over the top and you're facing a different kind of way and this was really artfully done yeah yeah i mean i could say i can say a few things i i really i really felt like the zombies were inconsequential right it was a mm-hmm. it was a survival movie happened to be zombies could have easily been a disease or who knows who cares right? right like um it was really about these two guys um and their relationship in this uh in this survival setting and uh just once again so well written this movie is about the dialogue the di- i mean the dialogue and the music um you know once again the story there's not a lot of action beats. It's a, it's a very simple story, but uh, the ride, which is generally what it's all about, is is mm-hmm. so so worth it and so fantastic, so fresh. Uh, even though it's, it was made in 2012, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so fresh, you know, for me, uh, as zombies lately have been just done to death. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a real treat to get to watch this movie. Yeah, everything about it was just enjoyable. It's highly recommend. Um, for zombie films, it's up there. You know, it reminds me of like a film like Pontypool, where it's sort of in the background or not as of a focus. There's other things that they're going to be addressing. Um, so it has like it's zombie elements. There's horror elements. But yeah, it's a, it's a human drama, uh, a relationship a road movie, a buddy cop type movie, you know? Yeah. It has all of those <laughs> elements. And between the cinematography, the dialogue, the music, you know, the score, it's just all has an intricate part to play in just telling a beautiful story about these two guys in this environment and how they each handle and process what's occurring differently. Right. And it's engaging the whole time. It's always engaging. You're always interested. You're always invested in each of them. For different reasons. Like I said, I identified with both. I like to think that I there's parts of me that are hopeless, romantic, emo type fucking guy like Mickey. And then there's parts of me that are like, get shit done and just fucking do it like Ben. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely both of those characters exist in, in yeah. all of us. And I think that yeah. I think that was part of, of what uh, is so good about it. It draws you in, sucks you right into both mm-hmm. characters. So you're just... Once again, horror and as a genre, not so big on character development. I mean, this this was a character movie. Like it was yeah. about those two guys. It wasn't about zombies. It wasn't about the apocalypse. It was about right. Ben and Mickey. You know, I picture myself having headphones on and just droning out everything out there too with my favorite uh, CDs. You know, like oh it, yeah, it, it all makes sense. Then whenever uh, they get the bow and arrow and Ben's fucking with the bow and arrow and just shooting it, just doing dumb shit, or wanting to always play catch. Or whenever he did the, oh, because he's the catcher, and he's like, I'm going to give you an assist. And they're playing catch, and he makes them throw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a pop fly, 
and the guy's going for home. You got to throw him out. You got to throw him out. And like, right. it's so heartwarming and just like, it's just fun. Like you can, everything about it was um, so, like we've said before, we said a ton. It's so natural and seamless and well-written with what seems like what just like these were people that actually went through this. It's just, uh, there's not a lot of parts of this film that pull you out of it. Yeah. You're it's, always it's, in. It. It's very much like watching like a, <clears throat> almost like a live documentary. Uh, right. In, in, in the fact that you literally believe everything. The, the, none of the situations were the only situation about in this movie that is fantastical is the fact that zombies are real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, everything else is, is like, Oh yeah, totally. That's, that definitely happened. All right. Um, well, we should move on then. I think, um, I think, I think so too. Uh, yeah. Forewarning, you are going to hear the words beautifully written uh, a few more times <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. this, uh, before this episode's <clears throat> out. Uh, so I would definitely give battery if we're given a, a... Oh score. sure, it's sure. De- definitely a seven. I would even maybe borderline with an eight. You know? I'm I, I was gonna say the exact same thing. It's a it's a solid seven. Uh, watch it. I'm gonna watch it again. Uh, it might be an eight. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll I'll come back to I'll come back to it after after midnight and we'll 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 see. We mentioned this in private before we got on, but we'll just br- briefly talk about it. The audacity that he that jeremy gardner had to create a film of this quality with the budget that it have have oh uh, sure six thousand dollars yeah minimal funding yeah and it stands up like this like it just goes to show indie does not mean cheap garbage oh absolutely this i i i do appreciate how um they they advertise in the credits featuring songs by, and then there's a handful of bands. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back to, um, you know, the king of indie, if you will, Kevin Smith uh, and Clerks, if you watch the trailer for Clerks, the, the last panel before the end of the commercial is featuring uh, songs by Alice in Chains. <laughs> And I, I don't know how he got a song by Alice in Chains in his movie. Maybe he wrote a really nice letter, <laughs> but right. uh, but they you know they used that in and I think it was like I don't even know ninety seven. It was in the late nineties. Um, yeah. They used that as like a key point in the advertising, um, which I thought was great. And then to see it again in um, in the battery, I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah, fantastic. So highly. Highly rated. Everyone should be seeing it. So let's move on uh, and talk about After Midnight. So this one, unfortunately, I didn't know. Uh, apparently a lot of people did see this movie last year. I'm not sure under what circumstances they were able to get a hold of it. Because obviously with COVID and with everything that's happened in the past couple of years with releases, it's hard to track down when things are going. Because it's not always going to be in the cinemas, whether it's even in your area, let alone if it's in a cinema. And then also different streaming services are not great at letting you know or clue in when they're going to have something on their platforms. You really have to dig a lot. And so this one, the reason we're talking about it now is it recently was acquired by Shudder and they started playing it um, just in time for Valentine's Day because it is a romance horror movie. Uh, so some people talked about this movie last year because it was in film fests and fright fests and things of that nature in 19, but I think it had some limited release in uh, last year for people to see. We're seeing it now and it is worth watching. Um, as a current movie, so that's why we're talking about it. 
So let's get into it then. After let's midnight. Get into it. After midnight. So uh, what's his character's name in After Midnight? Um, uh, his, Hank. Uh, Hank. Hank. Yeah. Hank, Hank. Hank and Abby. This uh, mm-hmm. this ten uh, year strong power couple in the in a podunk town in Florida. Um, yeah. Do they, they do they mention Florida? Because I I've seen people talk about it, but like it's obviously somewhat tropical. There's palms and Everglade esque type areas. Yes. Like yes, it's they, kind of. Yeah, they, they, they live four hours from Miami. They they say that yeah. uh, once or twice. Um, yeah. And uh, what is it? They're celebrating. They've been together 10 years. Uh, I guess Hank owns the bar and owns the house. They both live in the house, and she's the manager of the bar. I don't know if she's co-owner, mm-hmm. but uh, she definitely manages the place. He says we should sell it uh, one time. That kind of clues you into at least, mm-hmm. you know. Um. But yeah, so so it starts off. They're celebrating. Uh, well, this is like a. I think that the structure of this. Oh, her film birthday. Is, her birthday. Right. I think the structure of this film is very unique, uh, and it made it a little bit like you were engaged in trying to piece things together as to the progression of the relationship because it, this film very much is about their relationship. Yeah. And I so really... I found myself trying to find those landmark flashbacks that would signify how much time has passed because when you mentioned 10 years that doesn't come out until much later oh yeah oh yeah I, like I, the whole I, time you're really not sure how long they've been together yeah I, I really do like how um what what they did with the flashbacks um yeah. you know so you have like like right away the first scene is like the first just... night the bir- her first birthday they're dating yeah yeah and they're and, and they're like canoodling in the house and mm-hmm. they find like in this... the foyer in yeah. front door like if they're not even in the whole house they're just in that one little area and they're just like she's got the sunflower dress yeah they find the rolling around they find that tape that says julie that he for that julia he, yeah, yeah he for says julie. he says he made it in the eighth grade and she wants to play it and they're, and they're joking and the dialogue is once again very natural and mm-hmm. and and you know not laugh out loud funny but like you smile you know because you've been in this relationship the the things that they say to each other you have said and you have heard in your lifetime you yeah. are and so so right away you're you're familiar and that's and that's a good word I think to yeah, describe that's a great how, word for it. to describe the characters in this movie yeah um, and I found myself by the time we get to the end. This film like kind of gives you it it just it's out there and then I've been sitting on it and just stewing over all the things that happened and just like finding all these uh these correlations with myself or relationships that I've been in it's like yeah like and you understand the context of the film in a different way after it's concluded I I love that about it uh it's so relatable but so like oh, yeah. go on so yeah they that first night they're in the house and they see the tape it's just all natural and they're they're so, pounding so- it up you get a couple minutes of it, and then it just cuts to hard cut to yeah to to day, uh, him alone with a beer on a couch and a shotgun, and he like walks around the property a little bit, and then like it goes back to them yes having and then it comes forward again like it you don't know what's past what's present what's what's really going on you definitely assume that the that the birthday is past and that the right. And that the drunken uh, Hank with the shotgun is present, mm-hmm. um, but they don't—they don't tell you, right? So you just kind of have no. to piece it together on your own. She's gone. Why is she gone? 
um, you know, what happened. Yeah, I think early on he um, he's trying to phone her on the landline, which is sort of like a nice nod to, you know, time's past, and he's calling her cell phone, and she's got a voicemail set up, uh, and he just can't reach her. He just leaves her a vo- voicemail um, yep. asking where she's at because he doesn't get it. Um, seemingly, you see all the flashbacks, and so you know, loving relationship, and she's just gone. So you don't have no idea what's happening or what happened or why is she gone. I can't remember how long it takes, but you see the note on the cupboard that just says, like, I'll be right back. Had to go out. Love you. Be, love you. Be, be back whenever, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, uh, you know, she's gone for... Again, Yeah. you we don't, don't know, know, don't know until the end. He mentioned... Yeah. It, and so... And it's like I don't want to jump to that, but like it's it's right. four weeks. He it's gets four, to it. It's, yeah, it's four weeks. She's gone for four weeks. He, that's All what right. that's what he says. So, but the, you, but that's the thing about this film. There's things that are happening. You're always questioning. You don't know. There's uncertainty, and you like you have to just take things at face value with what's going on with him, um, and just go with that because you have nothing else to trust. You only have his perspective, right. and that is so important with everything that is happening in this film. Right. So I think the first uh, character we meet is the sheriff, or or just a cop. It's just a cop, right? Because but I think that there's a there's a night where the the entity or the creature oh, does it. And is that when he shoots the hole in the door? Is that yeah? Does that happen it, before all this happens? I think that I think that's yeah. the first night because he does the he does shoot the hole through the door and then it's like that neck one of those cuts he is on the road and the car right. spins by and he, and he shoots, shoots his gun at it. Yeah. He because he's does. been up all night yeah. because he's been under attack by something yeah. every night since Abby's left. Right. And that's important for right. his universe is that the two go hand in hand. She's gone and ever since she's been gone, this thing has been at my door every after night after midnight. And you and you see the scratches on the yeah. on the t- yeah and it looks it looks pretty heinous, you know, but but as the police officer who we meet now says, uh, that that's a black bear. Yeah, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, Shane. Which I thought was kind of a, a neat reference to Walking Dead. Oh, they're intentional or not. I kind of like the idea of a cop being named Shane. Maybe it's a little <laughs> odd because they did the batteries, so zombies, they, you know, they're not unaware. Right, whatever. right. <laughs> uh, but Hank just quickly points out, like, it definitely wasn't a black bear. I know a fucking black bear. Right. You think a black bear walked back past all that garbage I have in my yard? Right. Walked past <laughs> this cat food that I have on the porch? Did all that scratching? I don't think so. Right. He's adamant. It wasn't a fucking black bear. Right. He knows. And he, well, and, and, and he's a hunter. I don't think we know that yet, though. Um, right. Sir, I don't think we know that yet, though. Yeah, no, we, it's not, not clued in just yet. Um, but the sheriff's like, if you want to, you want to prove something, then, uh, shoot it with your camera. Right. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Right. Not your, uh. Yeah. Not your shot. Not your not, 12 not, gauge. Not your 12 gauge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, this movie goes on where, you know, Hank is, he's just at his own homestead, but he's got this bar to manager to, to deal with. And so he goes to the bar and this is where we meet the comic relief best friend, uh, Wade. 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 Uh, played by slash, Henry. Slash Bubba, he calls him sometimes. Yeah, played by Henry <laughs> Zabrowski. 
uh, uh yeah. I thought this dude was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. He was he was hilarious. He was definitely uh you know, he took the seriousness of of Hank's situation uh away and he made the movie light uh for mm-hmm. for, you know, every time he went to the bar, right? The two bar se- yeah. or two two of the three bar sequences. One was a little heavy. Yeah, the waitress you don't really get into you don't really talk a whole lot of it. She's just kind of there. Yeah. Um and like, but like, yeah, that his whole character is defined in this first scene, and it's so great. And there's a couple funny moments with for me that I thought were hilarious here. Um, well, obviously the one with the uh, I can't remember what they call the drink, but the the bar mat. Oh yeah, yeah, right? the, the the Mexican <laughs> fart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just disgusting. Yeah, and he wants to go for it uh, because he does one there. But no, he's eating those. I, they might be boiled peanuts. They might not be boiled, but they're they're bar nuts. Yeah, and it has these close-up shots of his mouth and the way he's eating them, just, like, smacking his lips and just, like, how gross it is because he's just going to town on them. Right. There's a close-up, a couple, two, there's two close-ups of just his mouth where he's just, like, and it's, like, so off-putting. <laughs> it's hilarious. I was, like, I feel like he, like, it's an inside joke where, like, he just eats funny or weird or he's kind of gross and they just wanted to showcase it. And Because there's no need to have two close-ups of his mouth. I just thought oh, it was yeah. a funny little sidebar sure. to just develop how weird uh, this guy is. Right. And so, same thing with the bar and the town. Um, you know, he didn't really get to do it in the battery um, although you can, you kind of feel it in the characters' personalities, but in in this movie, I you know you write about what you know, right? This guy lived in this town, like this is where yeah. he grew up. He based that movie in his hometown. All these people are real, based on friends yeah. of his or just people he knew in his town, right? Um, growing up in a small town and. And, you know, even in living where I live, um, I felt very comfortable <laughs> with this with this bar and these people um, yeah. and their and their attitudes. And then, like in the attitude of like you know just being in your thirties and kind of stuck in the small town, which which we'll come to a little later. Um, it's it's all once again very familiar. It's it yep. it kept me engaged through the whole thing. It kept me interested. Um, you know, besides the mystery of, of, you know, what is ailing Hank, um, I just wanted to, you know, know what happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's this monster or so he claims and Mm -hmm. you have a million theories, right? She is the monster. She got killed by the monster. He killed her and he's going crazy and he's created this monster, you know, I mean, okay, there's three, not a million, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But there's tons of iterations of those ideas Uh, that are all uh, different from one another. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that the everything's okay and she comes back eventually was not a theory. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) It was was not what I... was even in the realm of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, by the time we get there and she pokes her head and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, what where have you been? <laughs> yeah, this whole time and, and that whole reveal is just so perfect for characterizing 
the perspective of Hank and through this whole movie and where his character is and was in their relationship to yeah. be so detached to misinterpret something so simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're getting ahead <laughs> we'll of ourselves. <laughs> um, so right away they build the relationship with Wade. He's the, he's the best friend, uh, go-to guy. That's always at the bar. He's going to be there. Um, he starts, uh, giving him ideas as to what it could be that's happening. And he mentions all kinds of things. You mentioned a handful of things. He mentions, uh, you know, how cat scamper could be a panther. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's like, it's not a fucking panther. Has anyone uh, in the, uh, anyone around here ever seen a panther? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he throws out the idea of aliens real quick. He just puts right. those things out there. Um, and I can't remember if it's not until another night transpires, but they, um, they eventually they go out in the in the field together, looking for the creature. I think it might be after one more night, because yeah. the way that I tra- I tracked it down is there is um the night he had the shotgun right, and then he meets up with that, and then there's the night he tries to photograph it. He does attempt to get a, a photograph of right, it right. after he... the sheriff interaction. This must be yeah the they go yeah, out he... together later. And and after that, so at that moment he didn't get the photo or all the photos he took were blurry, but he did see and... it. So now yes. he now he's like it's a fucking monster. Like yeah, I, I he thought saw it was a its monster. Hand. Yeah, he saw its I, hand, and he yeah. said hand because wait because whenever that Wade and him go out in the yeah. fields eventually, hunting for it. Yeah, Wade like, carrying you... his axe. <laughs> yeah, he has to be brought his shotgun, and you see him with the axe. You didn't. Yeah. Like uh, he says, "Didn't you mean to say paw?" And he's like, yeah, "No, it paw. was a hand." Yeah. <laughs> um. He starts talking. He says he's. He thinks of the Dark Crystal. I think it's another right. one of Wade's ideas. Like, he references yeah. the Dark Crystal. <laughs> um, Which is great. The references in, in both movies were great. Yeah. Again. Again, um, just, good, just good writing. Like, the, guy, the guys from, like, our generation, right? Jeremy Gardner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, definitely grew up watching the same shit we did. Yeah. So, after failing to do it with the, the camera, the next night that Hank is left alone with it, uh, and again, all of these nights he's boarding up the front door with the couch against it so that the creature can't get in. He sets a bear trap out and runs the chain to the bear trap through the hole that he shot in it the other day. Yeah. Creature comes, <laughs> he gets a shot at it, uh, and the bear trap is uh, broken out of it, but there's a blood stain on the porch. Right. And so, so he's he... got more assurance that, like, this There's wasn't something. some simple thing. Right. He shot it and it ran away. That's huge. It got caught by a bear trap that which it which it pried, as he described yeah. it, open and ran off, which is another mm-hmm. hu- crazy thing. You know, an animal couldn't do that. Right. Um, he has another uh, another one on one with uh, with Shane. The sheriff. Uh, yeah, at he Shane's goes, house. He goes, yeah, he goes to Shane's house and talks to him about with the, bear the broken trap. bear trap. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a fucking black bear. This is what happened. Shane brings him in. He's like, you saw that bacon. And so you know, this is also a good for this is Abby's brother. Right, right, and that's and that's another thing Shane mentions a few times is how they should be family. <laughs> yep, yep. Keep uh, re- re- reiterating that. It's because we still don't know how long it's been or how long the relationship has lasted at this point but you know there are hints being dropped yeah and so shane is sort of like the ben character from the battery in that he wants to keep he's in reality the reality is 
this was a fucking animal and right. you're not understanding it. And he keeps, he tells a lot of stories like, and he references it here that humans always see something or think they see something. The amount of people that say they saw a UFO and the amount of people that, Hey, you know how many reports we have of actual factual evidence? Zero. It doesn't exist. People always want to see something with sharp teeth. It's not there. They're just putting that together a reason to explain something that they're going through. And he's, he's trying to explain it. Like he's being rational and clear. Like this is, it's not anything but that. Right. Uh, you which, need to get your shit together. Right. Which, which, and he, and he's drinking every night too. So like, as a viewer, you're, you're, the film is feeding the theories, um, yes. which is great because it get you know, I, I know I was all over the place, um, mm -hmm. with like, with like what's, what's coming. Um, and you know, like we just said, never in a million years could I have guessed what was coming. <laughs> right, because you you hear all the different. You have your own ideas. Characters are given different ideas. You're always questioning. You can never trust anything because your 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 viewpoint is just Hank, and Hank is dealing with shit. Because as he's talking to all these people, not only is he distraught with what's happening with this physical presence that's coming every night, but his girlfriend of a very long time because we don't know how long they've been together just yet uh has just up and left and he has no reason to understand why and this other thing's happening he can't wrap his head around it he's worried about her he's worried for his own life and he's completely distraught he's not getting sleep he's has no idea he's just stuck yeah, in his he's life he's right drunk now. every night like i think uh after the scene with shane at his house is the night where he's at the bar late um yes yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. at the bar late with the waitress where he's almost kind of like hanging around, flirting to see if something might be happening, like, because right. he's getting lonely. Yeah, I got that she, feeling too. Yeah. She, she's like, yeah, that's how I felt about it. Yeah, my car's here. Yeah, I'm going to go. Right, so yeah, I got to go. He keeps uh, drinking. He keeps pouring more of yeah. the, the nice stuff, the 1806 or whatever yeah. I think is what he was. And that's when he comes and home to. Open door. Open doors. Yes. Yeah. Beautifully so shot, the way that they did this. And this this film is similar to Battery. A lot of uh, steady cam, just like on the scene where they're in the frame, they're just having dialogue. Not a whole lot of cuts, a lot of long shots. And, then, and by the end of the movie, an amazing single take, which will, will deep, that's the meat of the movie right there. But, yeah. so it's simply framed. And, and there's, there are more beats than in the Battery, but they're, is a lot of uh, stillness to what's happening, and it's not as movie uh, moving around as as you would see in other films, and so you're more engaged in the environment and the conversations that are taking place with the characters. And so this shot, when he does come back to the house, I love the way it's illuminated because his car is parked, the headlights are just blaring yeah, on the front yeah, door, yeah, yeah, hard shadows. The color of his house is just cool as shit. The, the washed white, but then the blue doors, it's like popping. And uh, and it's the greenery of the grass. It just it seems so uh, ominous. And you're just looking to try to figure out what's going to happen. You don't know. You're looking in every corner to see because you don't want to get caught off guard by whatever the fuck is going to happen. You know, it's yeah. like that kind of setting that happens in, where they're dangling the reveal. And you're you're anxious and you're anticipating it. You're on edge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also felt there were um, just a couple jump scares in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think there were any in um, the battery, which I appreciated. Um, but After Midnight had had a couple of them. And for the most part, 
they were tr- scene transitions of, in, yeah. in, instead of actual, uh, you know, reveals, which, uh, which I thought yeah. was, was, was good. Uh, you know, one thing we haven't mentioned here is almost, well, obviously, let's first start with the music. Once again, mm-hmm. uh, just like in Battery, uh, excellent use of music. Every time the music was incorporated, it was it was being played either at the bar, so it was like low background, or it mm-hmm. was it was loud, and then they moved into another room, and it got quiet because, and then they moved back, and it got loud again, and it panned past the record player, and you saw that they were actually listening to the song. Um, when there isn't music in this movie, almost mm-hmm. 100% of the film in the background is the cricket noise it's it's constant it gets louder yeah. and it gets quieter but it is c- constant except you know obviously when he's at the bar but when he's at his house it never stops and i yeah. and i really actually enjoyed it um yeah. I, you know you know i used to live in the middle of nowhere when i was a kid till i was like 12 or 13 years old and that sound was when you're outside in the woods, like your house is in the woods, <laughs> it never stops. Like it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it was a really, really nice touch to not have, you know, a, a typical movie orchestral uh, instrumental soundtrack um, instead of a handful of really good, you know, like indie rock tunes and actual environmental sound. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very similar in that regard, like because it's, and you almost forget about it because there's more going on to kind of like dig into. But yeah, the music is another character, just like it was in the battery, where it's really cluing you into how to interpret or interact with the scenes that are in front of you. Yeah. All right. I think we're. I think we're there. Yeah. Well, we're almost. Yeah. He he comes back to the house. But he doesn't find the thing. He goes through a couple rooms. He hears. He goes into the kitchen. He hears it upstairs. If he's like walking towards the front door to try to get a glimpse of it, he's got his. Uh, I think he's got the gun with him, um, the shotgun. But it gets out the front door and it's gone before he can do anything about it. And it right. escapes. And then I think things more or less jump to the return. Correct. Like it's yeah. like the next day. Yep. Yep, she just right. It's she, after this night. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, comes yeah. Back that next day. Yeah, she she pops in. Um, you know, he's not surprised to see her. Like he never thought the worst. Like the viewers probably did at this point. Mm-hmm. I know I thought she was dead or the monster. Um, yeah, he's upstairs asleep. Um, and she sees the door is blocked and the hole in it, and so she goes around the other side and she just starts doing her morning routine that she would normally have in the house. She's doing dishes. She's doing dishes. Cleaning up, cleaning up his debaucherous, careless <laughs> way of taking care of the house. So she's gone, just getting shit-faced beer bottles everywhere, wine bottles everywhere. Yep. And she, yeah, she's just doing her thing. The music's playing, like you said. You talked about this before, like where the music's on the record. You just see him coming down. You tr- pan over to the, the record player, and he takes it off, and they yep. start having a conversation. Yep, yep. Where she uh, she says she went to that thing in Miami, um, the reunion, her the ten reunion, year reunion, her, her ten reunion, which which I told you about, and which of yeah. course he which of course he forgot about. 
Yeah. Uh, and he's just accusatory. Did you see that guy? Your ex, that yeah, guy? Yeah, her ex-boyfriend. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I saw him. He was at the reunion. <laughs> and he yeah. just And he's obviously like, I'm an asshole. Like, he doesn't say that, but, it, you know, you, you feel it. You, <clears throat> right. You, she's back. Uh, they don't have the talk right then. He takes the music off, and he walks away. They're having this conversation now at the front door. In the, yeah, in that foyer. Yeah, the doors are open. He's sitting on one chair. He's got. They're both drinking, that which is sort of what the couple has always done. They have the wine. They they made fun earlier. The peanut wine. Peanut. Georgia. Peanut. Peanut noir. Yeah, uh, he's sitting there, and she's sitting there, and there's the tension. And this whole scene is one long take, like ten plus minutes of just their dialogue. Just yeah. still. The camera's just focused on them. It's not moving, nothing. No cut, no close-ups on anything. Just one long take, which is oh, just yeah. really awesome. And she, and it's almost a, a monologue of hers. Yes. And, and, and what's so real, once again, realistic dialogue, right? I mean, she just talks about how disappointed she is in herself and, and, and the relationship and how it's holding her back from being more and she wants more and she isn't getting it and 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 all he does is you know he yeah. and and you you've been I've been that guy yeah. I've heard yeah. those that those arguments yeah. that entire line of dialogue of her, her monologue I've heard it Maybe yeah. maybe twice. To me, that's what was so um, moving and awesome about this is that I could relate. And I was just so blown away because I didn't expect that transition. Oh, yeah. And the I whole was... film, I'm, she's the enemy. Oh, right. I've got to side with him. He, he seems like he's falling apart right now, but it's because she's gone. Why the fuck is she gone? She's not communicating. She's the bad guy. And, and it's like, it's such a simple thing that occurred. He fucking forgot, maybe too busy at work, not listening yeah. to her. The relationship was kind of falling and like just the natural growing apart in, in a way. And you're not paying attention. And like, so everything about that part of his world collapsing was preventable if he would have just been more fucking attentive. Yeah. Yeah, and paid attention. And I've been there. Yeah. I have misread so many situations because yeah. I didn't hear something right or I wasn't present in a certain moment and now I'm misinterpreting everything and I'm getting upset and getting upset and getting further into depression and anger and resentment. Yeah. Just like he is. What's amazing too is is his <coughs> acting job uh, reacting to that monologue. I yeah. swear to God, I, I have done and <laughs> like i've i've listened 10 minutes where i've just gone yeah as you've got nothing to say because you're wrong yeah and R you're just eating and, shit and yeah, she's just making yeah. so many points and you're, like, you're right you're right what the fuck is wrong with me right the whole time yeah and he's just he's just taking it because that's all yeah. you can do that's all you can do yeah it um, was um a beautiful scene and it yeah. was just like it it, it <laughs> explains so much and you're now like but you're like in a tailspin because it's just the realization that like she sacrificed so much and it's it's not gonna work out in a lot of ways 
Right. Uh, which, okay, so it wraps up with, um, with uh, help me clean this place up. We've got friends coming over because it's yeah. her birthday again, right? Yes. So it, yeah, the movie, the, the original flashback It's always was, around the birthday, yeah. It's always around birthdays. Yeah, the original, the original flashback was her birthday, and now we're on another birthday of hers. And, yeah. and all the friends are coming over. Mm-hmm. And uh, she even says something about his the monster. <laughs> like, you, you know, yeah, you really, is you your monster to... going to show up? Yeah. Because they're at the front door, and whenever they have that, she, he's mentioned it before. Uh, she's like, is your monster going to show up? And she's like, it doesn't look like your monster's showing up at the end of the conversation. And so, and like, so th- this yeah. is a, an excellent misdirect for the, for, yes. the, uh, for the audience is that first night she's back, it's not going to be monster, there. The monster doesn't come. Because you're still kind of questioning, like, was it her then? Like, like yeah. It's some, so, so yeah. It so, is so, is the monster her, or is the monster his own demons? More of a metaphoric yeah. thing. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the openness of it. It's like it just leaves you out there, and you're just, you're just, you're along for the ride, and you're just everything about yeah. the characters' interaction. You're just, you're hanging on it in every yeah. scene. Absolutely. So we go right to the party. Um, dinner and this party. Is, Cut to dinner this party. Is every character that we've met, besides the bartender slash waitress, is here. Um, yeah, she's not there, uh, and I don't think we met Shane's wife, but she's oh, or right, right. Wade's wife. The wives were never. The wives were never. We, I I thought we. I don't, met one of them, but the it doesn't matter. Wife? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Maybe in a flashback or something. Yes. Yes. No. Definitely, it was a flashback um, where yeah. we saw Wade's wife. Not Shane's yeah, wife. because because they talk about this is another scene and this feeds the relationship uh, aspect of it, the disconnect that they start to have. Um, they share that they're expecting a child, and right. you see Abby longing for that, beca- and being upset because way uh, because Hank Hank is just making jokes. Yeah, no fucking way am right. I ever doing that. Right, that's right, ridiculous. and that yeah, that was a flashback scene. Yes, and that's definitely yeah. where we got. Well, that was uh, Wade's wife. Wade, Wade's wife, yeah. And you can see like Abby looking at him, like really disappointed. Like she's she's keeping her composure. They're at they're with friends. She's not right. gonna like air that in front of anyone. But you know, it's another blow to her, and the way that she perceives the relationship and what is ultimately gonna occur right. between the two of them. She's got doubts and helps feed. Right. So we have, uh, they're all together, they're drinking, uh, there's karaoke, mm-hmm. uh, and then... Yeah, and then, yeah. And <laughs> the great. The karaoke's fantastic. And then they... It starts end... with Shane. <laughs> Shane, yeah. Shane's, he's karaokeing the animals, uh, uh, the animals... Oh, right. Um, uh, House of the Rising the... Sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so awful. It's oh, so it's out of key. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, and it's, and it's, and it's out of rhythm. Like he's yes. definitely not even, yeah. He's not just even doing trying. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not even trying. <laughs> the karaoke machine's not helping him much with the background vocals in any way. Like it's this is a pretty brutal, yeah. unapologetic, uh, unforgiving machine. <laughs> yeah, um, it uh, that ends with uh, them surrounding a dinner table where the you know the yeah. conversation's getting a little more intimate and they're still drinking, of course. Um, where Shane uh, says, "What's going on with your monster?" And kind yeah. of, and it's kind of a dick about it. And yeah, everybody, everybody's like Shane, shut up. And he's like, he's like, no, there's an elephant in the room, and and no one wants to talk about it. And Hank's like, it's not an elephant. 
yeah. But yeah, he's just dressing him down, trying to make him feel like a complete fucking moron because it's yeah. not real. Everyone right. in town sees you running around. Your life's in pieces. You're going around embarrassing yourself and my sister. Right. What the fuck is wrong with you? Acknowledge the fact that you were wrong. You made it all up. You embarrassed yourself and all of us and her yeah. and the bar. Yeah. Just own up to it. And then Hank just goes off on Shane. Just tears him apart for being an asshole and what mm-hmm. and and just being a giant asshole and like makes some great points. And once again, we talk about the 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 natural dialogue like like this is this all makes sense. It all feels so real. Um mm-hmm. like the the words that were chosen. Um just just so so well written i can't say it enough uh in this episode yeah um and he even he so he even comes to a revelation while while tearing apart his uh his girlfriend's brother he runs into the other room he gets the four julie tape or four julia tape yeah (laughs) and he grabs the karaoke machine and he plays the song and sings a song to, um, what was it, Anna? Anna, right? It's Abby, Abby. Abby. To Abby. And it's Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories, Stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which uh, which I thought was amazing. And, uh, yeah. A great he, rendition. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, you know, he actually sang it well, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and... And, and but leading up to it, he, he bears his soul to everyone right and apologizes for the distancing that's occurred the fact that he hasn't been present that he didn't give her what she needed that he forced his life onto her in like this environment and kept limiting and keeping it closed and he said yeah let's go to let's go to miami right let's get out of here let's go to i can't remember he said overseas my paris he's like let's go Let's yeah. just get out of Let's here. Let's go wherever you want. Wherever yeah, you want. I want I want be- to be with you. Yeah. Be- because you are enough, which was what she said before was she was just afraid that she wasn't enough for him. Mm-hmm. Like she like yeah. he needed his his hunting and his his bar and his backwoods yeah. town and his friends. He needed all that to be happy that she was the wasn't house. Enough. The house that she wasn't yeah. enough. And, and he says, acknowledges that at the table and in front of anyone, everyone, and yep. just says what a what an asshole he's been, and just like you know, eats crow and just like, accepts it and just does it in front of it, and then he sings a song, and like you're filled with the emotion and the happiness, like it's gonna be okay, they're gonna get back together, they're gonna just, it's gonna be perfect. Yeah. And then the most rewarding, <laughs> rewarding. and well earned jump scare. The monster attacks Hank, <laughs> and everybody has, is screams, has no idea. Like, oh my yeah. god, the monster! Because he's right at the end of the fucking song, and you're yeah. singing it in your head. You're you're saying the oh, last yeah. words, and you're like, you're you're like, and here it comes, like, and it, boom, boom, immediate, immediately, and and he he kicks it off him and chases it into the other room to, and the the guests are scrambling to find his gun. He doesn't need his gun. Yeah. Let's pause. Let's pause. He killed a nice buck, and yeah. she would never let him hang it up 
because the Valentine box. Va- the, he named it Valentine. Uh, <laughs> she would never let him hang it up because she hates that kind of shit. So he had to keep it in the closet. In a conversation he had with Wade, and now she's gone. This all gets revealed. So he decides, fuck it, I'm gonna hang it up. <laughs> Plus, Wade told him that he thought it was a good luck type, like oh, right. charm to <laughs> hang on the wall. Yeah. That you, the animals won't come fuck with your house because you got this buck on the wall. Because you got the buck on the wall. <laughs> so, uh, so he chases it into the room with the buck on the wall and doesn't have a weapon. So he tears the antlers off of this thing, and he, you know, manually <laughs> disposes of this monster, and he just goes to town on it in the way that. The way that, that um, Mickey, did, Mickey did on that one zombie, like he just doesn't stop. Just until, left and right, just a yeah. nonstop. You hear the the squishing and the crunching yeah, of the, the bone antlers and the flesh. Just, just, just penetrating sh- 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 this monster nonstop. Now, I understand it was low budget, and uh, I do have to point out that the CG monster looked pretty terrible. But well, there was a good the, the puppet was, but the puppet looked yeah. great. It did yes. look great, uh, especially the you know the corpse of it looked looked fantastic. So yeah. you know I understand that you know sometimes you have to do it one way and right, but um, it's too bad you couldn't have done it all animatronic. So I, ha- right. I just ha- I have to nitpick just a little. Sure, well, we talk about it with everything else, so it's only fair. Oh yeah, um, but it, it's like preposterous looking. It's like just a unique, cool, fucking weird character design that make yeah. has no sense of place or any like. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just weird. It's, it's just a monster, just a random just, monster that can't be cool anything else. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, it's not a werewolf. It's not something you've ever heard of. It's not an yeah. alien. It is just some. It's just a thing. Yeah, it's it's a, a humanoid, if anything, because it's bipedal and has arms and a face. So, yeah. uh yeah. So he tears it apart. He's drenched in blood. Yeah. He looks like a fucking maniac. Yeah. With the antlers still in his hands. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at Abby because she's... Oh, and the other thing, too, is they're all at the doorway looking at him because they've they've retrieved things and, like, the, the, the wine bottle and everything is there. She's holding oh, on to right. it and she's just grabbing it. And Wade... If you see Wade, I don't know if you paid attention to this, but he's just nodding his head real slow as you hear him fucking killing it. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he's just like, it. he's just like, get it. he's like, yeah, hair into that fucking thing, and he's just nodding in approval. Yeah. It was, so it was a great little sidebar on the side. I just loved it. <laughs> and uh, uh, does he take the wine bottle? She's holding it, and I think I can't remember how he says it, but there's like one other thing that I needed for you to to have or to see or to, to take. I can't remember how he words it. Yeah. But he flip he inverts the bottle so she can see underneath it and it has the ring right. Inside it. Yeah, and it's uh it's the peanut noir and he says something yeah. like said something like you wanna drink a case of these with me or something like that. Yeah. 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 He makes yeah. A, a cute little one liner yeah. there and mm-hmm. and that's all she wrote. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, man. Such a fun ride. <laughs> so good. Uh, all right. So I thought about it. And, okay. And, and I'm actually going to give After Midnight an 8. Okay. And and I'm going to stick with Battery at the 7. Okay. And, uh, I definitely, I definitely, you know, how many years apart are these? Seven years apart? I mean, so. Yeah. So who knows, you know, who can speak to 
Jeremy's uh, experience between the two movies, but mm-hmm. you know, after Midnight, better, a little better written, um, you know, better camera work, better sound work. Um, I like I liked the story better. Um, as far mm-hmm. as like once again, a human drama, not necessarily a horror film, just kind of in a horror film setting. Um, yeah. just like the battery. So the, the battery about a movie about two guys, they happen to be in a zombie apocalypse after midnight, a movie about a couple happens to be like a, cre- a creature feature, right? Cause it, the creature right. show, cause you don't see it till the end and it dies. Like that's like the, the, the story of a creature feature. It shows up right. at the end and dies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, that's the thing. That's what people complain about when you've got monster movies. Like, what was the fucking point of this dumb creature feature? It was just about the monster. You didn't get to see a ton. Maybe you saw a kill or two, and then it was a dumb reveal, and they dispatched it. And But I was never invested in any of the characters. Like, that's what is talked about as to why those movies fail. And right. so this is like, here's a take on that kind of idea. Like, how about we just make a good fucking relationship drama, and this is a part of it. But that keeps that part of your brain, at least for me as a viewer, because I love a, rom- a romantic human drama, but this horror element, I love horror elements. This handled both of those two different kinds of stories and movies really well, where they just kept in balance and in harmony with one another, where it flexed this right. a little bit at times, and then this came back up, and then yeah. it just went back and forth. They kind of they kind of played into the cliché. But yeah. they but they broke the mold in a way where uh, it's like they this is how it's done when it's done right, mm-hmm. and and at the same time the mystery of the of the creature reveal had my brain going constantly like yeah uh, of of the unanswered question um, yeah so if you you know whoever's not in charge of giving this guy millions of dollars to make big budget pictures yeah. Can we can we get someone like this guy in Hollywood, please? Like because and we talked about this before. Like a lot of the people that we that are in charge of larger properties that we have talked about, whether it's Halloween Kills, uh, you know, the Nighthouse Heaven. These people, all great directors, start somewhere, and it's just a matter of finding that right window where someone sees something and takes a chance and gives them a little bit more room to play with and to work with and to create something because clearly this Jeremy Gardner is, has a vision in his filmmaking. And I think that that's very clear because that's something you don't always see. People can direct and maybe write. Rarely do you see someone that can do both and like creates a world, you know, like Tarantino does his thing. James Wan clearly does his thing. Whenever he writes, they have a sense of self and a thing to say, and they just do it. And so, I, yeah, it would be awesome if he got more backing to really dig into that uh, more than he already has done. So I'm not sure. I'm, I I want to look more into his career and I want to follow it to see yeah. what else might be coming up on the horizon because it's super exciting. Absolutely. Uh, I've I'll, loved each yeah. of these movies. Yeah, they're they're both fantastic, both must-watches. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, we do spoil movies in our in our show. Hopefully... You had seen them before watching. If not, hopefully watching makes you go out and see these movies and and at least you know follow Mr. Jeremy Gardner on Twitter. Uh, just pay attention, see what he's got going on next. Um, yeah, yeah. These these were both because I'm sure movies. there's no, there's no way you don't make these two 
sweet ass movies and not continue. I'm sure he's got more in the works. It's oh, just yeah. a matter of like um, you know, shopping it around and seeing where I can find a home. Um, right, right. Can't make a movie without money, so Yeah. Dude, <laughs> like I can't stop thinking about just the relationship parts of this movie and the misunderstanding and like just how it all comes together in the way that just the, the to it's like a good reminder to just like always be on point and always try to reconnect with your significant other and have open communication, not get too wrapped up into your own shit and just, you know, just regular stuff that you should always do. But clearly it just remind or a, a tale of caution as to what can happen in an absurd way. Uh, an extreme example with this creature, uh, but then potentially, you know, losing a relationship through misinterpretation of a, of a simple thing where it really spun out of control and it didn't have to, you know, if it was handled more tempered, he probably would have patched things up and resolved this quicker. Right. Right. Um, but, but you know, she was gone wow. for, for four weeks and, uh, yeah, and I know. She, she so wasn't, that is she, the thing. she wasn't answering the phone. So he could, you know, he wanted to, and she yeah. says when she gets back that she didn't call or answer because she knew he'd talk her into coming back. And yeah. that, and that's, it, yeah. that's the kind of like, you know, um, like double-edged sword that a 10-year relationship brings is that, like, Mm -hmm. you love this person so much that... Yeah. And even if they're bad for you or you think that they're bad for you in the moment, in this moment, Mm -hmm. um, they know what to say and they know what to do to to reintroduce you to that good side and and bring you back when maybe you need some soul-searching, which is definitely what she needed at that time. Yep. Yeah. And she came back and she got to sit at peace and he was in a place where he was able to hear it and um make the right decision to move uh together as a team. Right. Right. To move uh, forward, yeah. He got to he got to that in his own mental space, um, after all those events and you know, did a grand gesture, which is always an awesome thing to, to see with the karaoke and the proposal and all that. Yeah. Great song choice yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's just it's yeah, awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. I'm so glad we got to talk about these two. I, after Midnight, I seen I had seen Battery, but talking about them in conjunction with just Jeremy Gardner as a writer director was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, next week, um, I believe we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. This is, uh, so Netflix bought this up. I think it's been sitting for a little while, from what I gathered. And, um, but the thing about it that's interesting, and we're going to find out, this is sort of a requel, to coin Scream's term. Right, right. It's a direct sequel to the first film, as if... Yes, all other sequels don't exist in this universe. Which, Which would make sense, because the first movie, um, ends with him alive and not right. caught not caught by the police right he's just swinging that thing around in the field and it goes to credits mm-hmm. um so so it would make perfect sense that you know f- however many 25 30 years later whatever we're at um it could all happen again uh with the same cast of characters yeah um, i'm going into this with a lot of skepticism Oh sure, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big Texas fan, to be honest. No, I, yeah, I, I never watched any of the sequels because yeah, I didn't I, give that much of a shit. Like, yeah. I, the first one was cool. It has a lot of like uh, landmark type things, 
I keep hearing like the one scene that they did, they didn't tell the fucking actress what Leatherface was either going to do or what he was going to look like or the fact that he was going to have a chance. So her reaction on screen of being terrified yeah. when this maniac busts through with a chainsaw, I think is genuine. Yeah. I remember yeah. hearing that and I yeah. like that. It's fucked yeah. up. It is fucked up. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I like so, it. so that first film, which, which I'm sure everyone has seen, it is definitely great and iconic. But yeah, I think yeah. the I think the sequels are are pretty much garbage and and did it already get a reboot? Maybe yeah, they did do a reboot. They did, yeah. they did reboot it, yeah, because I know they rebooted uh, Halloween and Friday, so they right. yeah they must have rebooted Chainsaw. So um, I definitely didn't watch the reboots. I'm, and and I no. think the the yeah. only one the only tr- sequel I can remember I think is three, and the only reason I watched that was because it had Matthew Modine in it, and I was curious. <laughs> It's um, fair reason. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So I'm going to skeptical. When I mentioned Netflix restarting it, there's just, and there's just not a lot of hype about it. The trailer came out. I think we watched it a week or two ago. Whenever it was, yeah. Uh, it has mixed reviews where people are hearing things. The the canceling type line from the kid on the bus and seeing Leatherface out in the environment. It just all seems very odd. And it doesn't have a ton of publicity right now uh, through Netflix. It's just going to kind of come out. I have no idea what to expect. I'm I'm skeptical for sure. Uh, I hope it'll be fun. Clearly, this can be done properly. Yeah. I'm hoping it, it will just be fun. It definitely looks like it takes more of a slasher uh, role as opposed yeah. to as opposed to a more like a torture porn uh, role, which I think the first movie was yeah it was kind of yeah bunch of bunch demented of yeah, yeah a bunch of kids trapped like, in a house cannibals clearly inspiring rob zombie to do whatever the fuck he ended up doing yeah. uh yeah and so like this thing will it just focus in on the fun absurdity of this character or is it going to try to make it real and you're going to understand what's happening like yeah. you know like For- halloween kind of flirts with the realness and the serious yeah. tone of it but it does it in such a way that I think it's still, I think it's still fair and warranted, and it still does the absurd over the top kills because it focuses on this, you know, supernatural entity, this this other presence, the shape that is just evil incarnate that does not think, it just does, you know. Yeah. I from the trailer, I got serious Friday vibes. Um. So yeah. I think it's gonna be slasher fun. Uh, to be honest, I hope that's the route they go. Like, I I don't think you could recapture the the horror of the original today. No. You know, we've but, already because you know what to expect. Yeah, we've already seen eight million Saw movies and Hostels and you know that genre. It was it was a flash in the pan. Uh, like it, it it showed up, everybody loved it, and and a few years later. It was it was already tired and and I think torture torture porn as they call it, uh, ne- you know didn't do anything good for horror uh, in my opinion. Um, so I well I okay d- so <laughs> this is interesting because a lot of uh, I realize a lot of crazy uh, French torture porn or uh, hard uh, graphic horror body horror and things like that are going to be coming to uh, I want to say Hulu in uh, in March. Uh, like high tension, martyrs, inside, all of these well acclaimed high tension was French great. French horror films are going to be out. So maybe we maybe, maybe we get into that a little bit. Yeah, more yeah, much. yeah. 
Possibly, we'll see. Definitely, little little reviews. I, I'm not. I I don't think they were all bad. I think the John. No, the yeah, I know, but like, it has a, It's a certain lane, and like, there's definitely certain there's certain beats in life where you are going through some things that are like real life stuff that like when a film does it with such uh, direct grotesqueness, it's off putting and not an entertaining way. If it hits you in the wrong point in your life, you're not going to be into it. You're just going to ignore it or not be around it yeah uh it's like the one scene in the witch uh spoiler alert witch it's it's early it's not a big spoiler but like the baby scene really made me uncomfortable because my kids were just born and so i'm a little bit more emotional kind of impacted with like something bad happening to a fucking infant yeah in that moment so for me that scene kind of threw me off and in general i just i want not the big witch fan so like uh, body horrors and torture porns, like you were saying, sometimes they're going to have a higher frequency of hitting the wrong notes for certain viewers, and it's just not going to be... It's not, it's not a broader scope genre, subgenre for horror. So. Yeah, generally for me, I just like... I'm just not into the the torture of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love blood and gore. Uh, I love the creativity of the kill, which are two things you would think... It would make you into torture porn, but no, I don't. I don't need it to to be a long, drawn out series of events. I don't need it to be that gruesome. Like, yeah. you know, let's just see the cool kill and, and resolve it in three to five seconds, and use practical effects, please, and yes. move and move on. <laughs> um, you know, I don't need to live in that moment for for as long as those yeah. movies tend to let you live in it or to, yeah. to, to force you to live through it. Um, you know, like human centipede, another like hard pass, uh, for me. Like I'm, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I don't have I, any desire at this point. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not probably not going to get around. To... Oh God. It's, it's, get... ter- it's terrible. I would, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to watch it a second time. So, yeah. uh, now body horror, I, I take, you know, a little separately there. Um, if you haven't seen The Skin I Live In, uh, mm. Antonio Banderas... Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is very good. It's so good. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that in a future episode, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, so we're going to watch Texas, uh, and we're going to watch Student Body, which uh, is on HBO Max right now, I think. And uh, we were supposed to watch this week, but instead we did the Jeremy Gardner double feature, which uh, turned out to be just fantastic. Fantastic. So the last little thing I want to flirt in there, uh, so for viewers, we talked about this uh, briefly. Um, The production duo that was a part of a lot of these films, um, one of the characters, Shane, uh, was played by Justin Benson. Uh, Justin Benson works closely with a partner, um, uh, Moorhead, I want to say it's Aaron or Adam. I can't remember right now. Give me a second. I'll double check. They've been a part of making several other films as a duo. Uh, Aaron Moorhead. That's right. Uh, they did Spring. They've also done um, Resolution, The Endless, Synchronic. These are all films that everything they've done has been highly acclaimed. They're going to be having a new film coming out this year. I want to call us uh, something in the dirt. I'm hoping that we will be able to have a conversation about all production company. So I'm looking forward to that. The last thing, which I haven't told you about. Ooh. I watched something last night. 
Oh. I was just, I was in the mood, wanted to see it. Something, this came out last year. It was on my list, and I never got around to it. Someone referenced it um, and made an alt art poster for it. I watched it last night based on the recommendation, and I'm upset that I didn't see it last night because this would have been in my top three. Really? Absolutely. Right. What's the movie? Come True. Come True. Yeah. We're going to do an episode on this movie. It's going to be in the future sometime. We'll talk about this movie. This was in the top three for sure last year. I'm okay. so upset that I didn't watch it and it didn't make the top five because of it. Because if I did, like I said, it would have been difficult. I still think I would have had Malignant, but this might have beat out the Night House for me, dude. Really? Okay. Really. I don't want to say anything about it. I don't want you to look into it. Okay. And anyone else listening, <laughs> go watch this fucking movie. All right. It, yeah, dude. Okay. You know, it's it's out there. We're not going to talk about it until eventually we talk about it. You're just going to see it sometime, and and then you're going to – and then we'll talk. <laughs> Man, yeah. All right, great. I, I love a good sci-fi horror. Um, okay. Quit reading about it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so next week, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre requel and uh, student body for the <clears throat> podcast for the recently deceased. I am Nate Roberts. I am Rodney Godak. And thanks for watching. Take care.